Now it's time to talk about everything dogs, cats, and other domestic animals. This is Animal Talk. Here's Dr. Dan Lang on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. And I should say, you know, welcome back to myself, Dr. Dan Lang, as I was not here last week and i missed you connor i you know i was wondering how i was i was not able to listen dr lang unfortunately on the plane they didn't let me uh didn't you say who i was i i thought maybe just the name would i I tried to i tried to drop the name Uh, i don't know if the pilot just hadn't heard of you hadn't heard the show Maybe he's not from here or from Iowa, but uh, no, it was. I I did not get a chance to listen. I hope all went smoothly. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I you know, but you got a little from ABC Sports experience running, you know, a radio show on your own. I appreciate all do, your help. Yep, which That's... some people do. Uh, you know, uh, McGraw Millhaven on this station will some you know. He has had he has a co-host now, and he's had co-hosts for a while. But at points in his career, he will just go up there and talk for yep. for three hours, and that's the show. And you you know you only had one hour, <laughs> so it, you know I hope it was fun. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? Doctor? It was good. You know I had to go to extra parties and I had to take leftovers. So uh, it's, well it's, you know that's uh, always terrible that you get <laughs> you know to see people and free food. That's, exactly. You, know, you hate to see that. I had a pretty good trip back myself. So we're coming at you here at a different time, a little evening edition of Animal Talk. Because of the Mizzou basketball game, which they uh, won against Wichita State earlier in the afternoon. So we got bumped back a little bit. Uh, you know, I put the word in Dr. Lang, but they they didn't move the broadcast for the Mizzou basketball game. They moved us instead. Um, I guess yeah. it wouldn't have done any good to talk to the sports broadcast. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried. I talked to ESPN. I was like, can we move the back? Can we move it back an hour so we can get in? Uh, so we're coming in at to you in an evening edition of Animal Talk. So I hope you're tuning in still uh, to us as well. And if you want to join the conversation, 314-931-5877 is the phone number. The text line is 84126. We're still taking phone calls and texts as always. The time does not change that. And I wanted to talk, Dr. Lang. So I, I heard you. Was it was it Friday or was it Thursday? It was Friday, right? You were on Friday with, afternoon with yep. John Carney, yep, uh, and Julie Buck, and Max Foisey, uh talking to them about a couple things. But I think primarily you were talking to them about this respiratory disease yep. that's been going around. And I don't know if you remember two weeks ago before I left, we didn't really get to it. We but talked I about said, it, but. Off the air, you know, I heard this. I read this story about this respiratory disease. Uh, I, you know, I kind of had the original scoop, although no one's given me credit for it. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to talk to you about this because I guess two weeks ago it had started spreading, but hadn't really blown up. Since then, it was on the Today Show. Uh, the, all the big news networks are talking about it. You get called in for the prime time weekday uh, consultation. I must be a big shot. Uh, well, of course. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, let's, you can give the hit on the, the radio during the week, but you can't really get into it as much. 
because you're time limited, right. and it's not your show. It's not a, the show's not about animals, so you can't really get into it as much. So I thought let's get into it a little bit more here uh, during the weekend, and I wanted to talk about it as well. So a little selfishly, I thought I wanted to bring this back up with you. Certainly. So this disease, it's been going around for a, a few months now, right? Or even just the you know maybe even the whole year. Yeah, at least the summer. I don't know exactly either, but I'd say at least in the spring or summer when it started getting warmer and probably animals have more contact Mm -hmm. with each other, that it probably has gotten out of hand or more animals have gotten sick. So that was kind of good. That was something I was going to ask. I mean, how? Why is this spreading now? Or you know, you just said it maybe in the summer actually it would have been more of a spread. Uh, Kind of the inverse for people is when it gets cold, we get inside, we're closer together. And that's kind of the cold and flu season, uh, partially because we're all in close contact. For for dogs, is that the you know is the summer of the season where you see more illnesses? Then well, that's when they go to the dog parks or go for a walk or something like that. Sure. And in the winter time, probably the animals have less contact with other animals. Like during the Christmas season, most people probably aren't going to bring their pets to another house mm-hmm. just because it's kind of crazy at that point. So it is kind of the opposite. But with the walks and the dog parks and all that, there's definitely going to be a lot more contact with uh, the animals. So even though it's it's off season, if if you will, why are we seeing so much about it now? It's it's is it that contagious, or is that just yeah. is it just kind of coming to the front now? What what's the what's happening? That part of it is my cynicism. It's kind of slow news right now, and it's kind of been brought up more when I was on the other show. With Julie Buck and John Carney, I had mentioned that my concern was potential with boarding. If people are going to travel sure. for a week or so, they may want to think about boarding their pet. And, uh, you know, some of the boarding places can have 30, 60, 100 pets. And a lot of times, like respiratory diseases for you and I, if somebody sneezes or coughs, the organism, I think in this case it's a virus, will be passed in the air and easily transmitted because there's close contact with a lot of animals. And so I just kind of brought up. You know, maybe we need to think twice about that, but mm-hmm. um, a very small minority of pets have died from it. And the history kind of goes that the pets would be coughing two, three weeks, and eventually they can develop pneumonia. And I'm just telling people, if your dog is coughing more than a week, you know, get it into the veterinarian and have it looked at. Even okay. if it's acting fine, yes, it may resolve on its own. And in many cases, this particular respiratory disease does seem to be self-limiting that give enough time it'll resolve on its own but i think it's like people if you have a young puppy or an older dog just like people their immune system's not as good and they may be more susceptible to problems now uh, you mentioned boarding and we've talked about kennel cough and what it is and how it's not just one thing it's kind of a there's a lot of different it's kind of a bunch of things yep. yep is this in that in the under that umbrella or is this something completely different i i was reading that you know we don't they don't really know yep. what it is they have not isolated yeah. an organism at this point but because it's not responding real well to antibiotics we're leaning more toward a virus okay. of some sort but in the last last 15 years there have been two cases of flu that's been very systemic throughout the country and i just think this is just the third one just like we have different i mean in the covid to me, flu-wise, was way out of the ordinary, but every year you get a new flu shot and a number of people get sick or die from from the flu. And I So just, that was going to be one of my questions, you know. Is, does it come in waves for dogs? Do you know, I feel like it doesn't 
it doesn't hit the news as much probably because it's not for people. Right. But, you know, is it every few years you just run into, well, you know, we got the, the wave this year. And is this is this that or is this really something that we hadn't, haven't seen before? I, I think this organism is like the first two we first saw 15 years ago. And so I think it is kind of in waves. I mean, the, the viruses mutate, and so they change. There are vaccines. And, again, on the other show, I'd mentioned that if your pet is not up to date on respiratory vaccines, there's essentially three of them. One is called parainfluenza. One is bordetella or kennel cough. And the other is the flu, which covers two different viruses. And I just would recommend just to help build up the immune, immune system, get your pet in if you're not up to date. And mm-hmm. that will help stimulate the immune system. Again, it's a different virus, but if you have some immunity, I don't think the pets would get as sick or maybe not show any sure. signs at all. Uh, so something that I had read going to the vaccines, uh, and we've we've talked about vaccines a lot, and they said that part of it, it's believed, could be that there is less people getting their their dogs vaccinated, kind of against those broad spectrum vaccinations yep. you know uh, i think generally i hope people are still getting the rabies uh shot but you know getting every little last shot we've talked that yep. there seems to be a trend where that's not happening yep. much. i think it's a factor i don't think it's the main issue but sure they, they I, mentioned that and then i also want to point out and i had a question about this that they thought per- perhaps with covid uh, that kind of dogs had a uh, weakened or weaker immune system from the lack of socialization, uh, that they weren't coming in contact. And, uh, you know, there's a joke on The Office uh, where Dwight, you know, asks to get, you know, sneezed on and coughed on because he wants to improve is, his yep. immune system. And, you know, that's kind of a joke. But it, there is some truth to it that you do want to come into contact yep. with other things so that your immune system can work. Is there truth to that in your opinion you know with the last three years dogs maybe you weren't going to the dog parks you weren't go and we've talked about that with behavior yeah did this per- perhaps have an impact on it with a health uh you know immune system problem I, I think it's another factor but i don't think it's majority i feel like the few dog parks we have one close to our house and i see a number of people that walk their pets so mm-hmm. um, so yes some people may be more cautious getting their pet out but I, so I think it is a factor, but I would put it lower on the list that mm-hmm. it has, a, that the weaker immunity is causing these issues that we're seeing now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did want to ask this. You, you mentioned it before that you thought it was, uh, they were, I don't know if you thought this or something you read, uh, it's viral, right? Yes. I'm I'm repeating this correctly, right? Or we, they think it's viral, but again, the organism hasn't been isolated, but because of the lack of response. Usually a bacterial infection, the animals respond very quickly with sure. antibiotics, just like people, but with uh, somewhat non-response in a fair number of animals, and there could be other factors that we think it is is a virus. So, so my, my question with that is, you mentioned some of the other ones were bacterial. Is that harder to treat, uh, viral infection in dogs? Is it different? What, what What's different Just like people, it? there's really... Yeah. In, there's really not anything that you can fight a virus with. You just do supportive care. There are antiviral medications. Often they're quite expensive, and for the most part, I don't think they're that practical to use. Mm-hmm. You know, if an animal gets sick, we may put them on antibiotics to prevent a secondary infection. If they're not eating well, maybe it can't smell very well because of an upper respiratory 
we might suggest do canned food or warm the food up or something to make it more more palatable. Or if they get dehydrated, maybe you have to go to the veterinarian to get some fluids to help with, with that. But uh, Now, I don't want to speak for you. Just, re- <laughs> just reading how you're talking about it, you seem not as not very worried. Right. It's he's saying it's kind of it, we've seen kind of this kind of thing happen before. Yes. It's you know, even though we don't know the specific thing that's causing it, we do know what is happening pretty well. It's not some unknown. And you said it's a small percentage that is getting seriously sick and some uh, of them will develop pneumonia and even if they're hospitalized, some of them have died or passed. But again, were they older pets? Did they not have a good immune system for some Sure. Reason I, you know, I've not read or nobody has passed on that kind of information. But uh, one article I read said that just use common sense, have some concern for it, but not to be worried about it. I was going to ask, so are we all too worried about this? You've talked a lot about how half the half the battle is treating the uh, the pet owner as yes. well as the pet. Uh, is this something where it, it's you know it's a problem, but we're going too far, and there's a you know, close to a panic about it. Uh, I don't know if we're at that stage, but is that where you're at? You know, you know, we should be cautious, but not. You shouldn't be worried. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, what do you what do you do if you see if if what do you tell people if they're worried about this? I mean, I just would take the pet to the veterinarian because then they can see is there a fever going on? Then I'd be more concerned. Is there some congestion in the lungs? Then. Maybe we need to take some x-rays to see if there's pneumonia because, of course, that's much more serious. What's kind of interesting or difficult is that a lot of times it initially does sound like a kennel cough, like something's caught in the throat. And so people, some are experienced with the kennel cough, and so they just kind of blow it off. And it may be, again, you know, we don't, we're as not as aggressive with animals trying to isolate the organism. We mainly just do treatment, the clinical signs. And so a lot of times people don't think too much about it. But, again, if it goes more than five, seven days, I just wouldn't mess around with my pet. i just get into the veterinarian and, again, may not be anything at all, but I just would suggest if it goes longer, I think it needs to be, the pet needs to be looked at. Now, I saw one of the reasons why it's so difficult to actually find out how, how prevalent this is is that people uh, are bad at reporting that this is happening. Or, you know, there could be a lot of cases out there where a dog coughs for a little while and a person is maybe predisposed to say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to bring right. the dog in. He's just yep. coughing for a week. You know, it, well, he's fine. And so, you know, is that common with uh, kind of these uh, diseases and pets where you, it's almost, you're really only looking at the tip, tip of the iceberg uh, and we can't really even know how, how prevalent things are? Of, of course. I mean, if a dog dies, it's all over in the news and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But if an animal's coughing for a week and gets better or eats or is active the whole time, of course, nobody's going to re- report sure. that. So it, it is very difficult, and that's why I get a little eh, concerns too strong a word, but I just think it's maybe overproduced a little bit too much. A little bit too much. Yeah. And, but, and this, the stories I was reading did mention that they thought that uh, a couple vets were reporting that the, actually the panic of people bringing in pets, you know, you hear the dog cough once, and well, yep. well we, I read it in the news. There's this thing we got to bring them in, and yep. that's almost causing more problems with everyone trying to get in. Well, that it becomes a vicious cycle because then you do, as you said, bring the pet in. There's a number of dogs already in the waiting room at the animal hospital, oh, and, and then, yeah. then potentially, <laughs> you may have been fine before, 
But then you do get the organism yeah. because of the small area of the waiting room, that type of thing. Or the animals get really stressed. And just like people, if they get anxious or stressed, your immune system's not as good. Right. You know, the animals are freaking out, and then they're more likely to get the virus as opposed to being at home. But if I have somebody tell me a dog's cough and they're not comfortable, I'm going to have them come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's okay. just no way on the phone that I, I just wouldn't tell anybody not to, yeah. not to come in. Tough but to talk them, talk them out of right. coming in, right? Because right. they're nervous. They're, right. they're worried and... Uh, as you say, it's usually an emotional process with right. this, with with anything, and especially if they've been hearing on the news and you know I hear it on the radio, maybe from us talking yep. about this. But I hope <laughs> hearing it from us, you're learning, you know, how to kind of a more a more balanced uh, view on this rather than just the panic, panic, panic. I just think you're news. hearing the bad parts of it, like animals dying, mm-hmm. and the vast majority do do fine. It's a fine line trying to educate people and not get them all worked up because as i've said many times the spouse and the kids will go first before the dog does so Mm -hmm. they are very valued members of the family (laughs) well you know i i did want to bring this up and we kind of touched on it a little bit dr link he said how dogs do tend to spread these things that are near other dogs uh for people out there that maybe that are listening and nervous you know what can they do to ensure that their dog doesn't catch this is it you know hey we're gonna keep you at home or just to the backyard where there's no other dogs i mean is there a is they wouldn't really be expected to catch the the uh whatever this is in that situation right so is there any tips that you can give to people out there that maybe are worried and you know they're not too worried they're not panicking but they're just you know well let's ensure we're not gonna get the dog sick right (laughs) I would just make sure we're up to date on the vaccinations, and if we go for the walk, just make sure the dogs don't have contact with each other because we just think the licking is a very common way of transferring it. And so, you know, how dogs are, they sniff, they lick each other, and um, that's a good way of contact. So I would just go by, say hi to the folks going the other way, but I... I would just keep your distance. Yeah, just keep yeah. moving. Keep, keep moving. <laughs> no conversation or gossip right. for the neighborhood this time. You can <laughs> right. maybe or, do it or, another or, time. You know, say you're going to finish the walk and then you can come back and then gossip. You know, <laughs> right. that's that's how it is. Uh, and it is difficult, right? Because it is the holidays. People like to travel, but you know, boarding the dog. Is, would you recommend them passing on doing that this holiday no, season? Or I, at, at this point, I've not heard anything in the metropolitan area. There are some cases in Illinois. But I don't know what part of Illinois. I don't think it's just across the river. Mm-hmm. So at at this point, I don't think I would change anything. Okay. If I, you if you're already going to board the animal, you know you're going to be out of town or the country. Just go ahead and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, has that happened before? I just just crossed my mind. You mentioned that there are sometimes waves where this, there are illnesses that spread. You know, do you remember any times where you actually had to recommend? You know, hey, don't go in, don't board your dogs this this winter. You know. Our yeah, kennel a- and many others, there are often episodes of kennel cough. Again, the animal's not going to die, but it's kind of frustrating to the pet owner and for us participating as veterinarians that the animal comes in perfectly fine and goes home with this nagging cough constantly, gagging type of thing. So in those cases, And they've been vaccinated yeah. as well, but as you and I have talked about, there's right. many organisms, and it's just very hard to explain to people, well, I, I paid all that money for that vaccination and my dog got sick. 
what kind of people you know work right. here. Or what kind of what kind of operation are you <laughs> right. running here? For, you know, are, do you have the dogs stacked up in one crate? You know, and uh, I've learned you just listen to people. I mean, you don't want to get defensive about it. They're, it's just going to make them more angry. And again, the animals are stressed usually at the animal hospital. I mean, there's some that are just happy wagging their tails when they come in, mm-hmm. but the others know that you know they're going to be extra, excited, stressed, and that just makes the situation a little bit worse too. But yeah. Again, overall, I would not change anything. Just be aware of it, but not of major concern. Right. This this might be difficult to answer because I don't. You might not even remember. But is the reporting on this different than what it was in the past? Is it because yep. of the pandemic that we went through recently that maybe they're like, well, you know, we got to talk about it, uh, or was it a big deal back then? I I don't remember these. Yeah, these I think it was around 2005, 2006, where the first major virus came out that was widespread through the country, and a fair number of animals, again, died. And I think it was brought up, but I think people are much more sensitive right now. Anytime you discuss a respiratory disease, whether you have two legs or four legs, you know, it's going to get the rise out of people. And sometimes I think that's why the news does it. But um, Uh, I can't say too much because then I'll never get to be here again. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wanted to ask this question as well. Uh, We talk a lot about back in the day. Now, what interested me about this was that they don't know what what it is. The, yeah, yep. Whatever the organism or, or virus is, they yep. don't know. They haven't identified it yet. Yep. Uh, stories coming back of vets running a, like a screen uh, on the animal and getting back nothing. But, of course, the animal is you know, sick. You can tell he's right. sick. Right. Uh, going back through the years, do you recall stuff like this happening? You know, well, we didn't know what that was. and. 91 until it showed up and then we 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 did a lot of research and tests and we eventually identified this how often does this kind of stuff happen? not very often um back around 1980 81 we had the breakout of the parvovirus and that was very serious Mm -hmm. because a lot of animals did die now again this was more a gastrointestinal or stomach issue vomiting diarrhea and that type of thing but initially we had no idea uh what what was going on but people Animals were dying left and right, and again, you can try to treat it, but it's just so many animals got sick so quickly. And in recent years, we have seen some cases of virus, and I don't know if it's another variant of the parvovirus, but it seems like I hardly even worry anymore that if an animal gets sick and needs to be hospitalized for two, three, four days, it'll it'll be fine. They just don't mm-hmm. seem to get as sick or ill, or the mortality rate, the death rate's not not as high. With so. the uh, with the parvovirus. With the, with the parvo- 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 and now they even have an injection now to fight the virus. It's just something that came out in the last few months, six oh, months or something. Oh. That, not, I mean, we had the vaccine, and that's the best way to go. But if a dog does come down with the parvovirus, now there is an injection another, to treat the virus another itself. Another option. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's interesting. Uh, it, it just interested me a lot reading about this. Um, and you, I think you'll be proud. I did a lot of homework on it. Uh, I do. You know, I think, you know, I could maybe pass an intro class on uh, <laughs> uh, unknown respiratory I'll fill out a certificate illnesses. if you'd like. It's it's uh, all good. It's just, it was very surprising to read about. And I think maybe that's what's captured the attention of people. Uh, you know, we talk about how, you know, people don't really know a lot about the health of their, their pets. You know, they know right. maybe a little, or if yep. they have a lot of experience with animals, yep. then I'm sure they know more. But... You know how many people really know about the the parvovirus? Uh, I would not say very many anymore very because it was many. forty years ago. Uh, and it, you know, if you're younger, <laughs> right. you're going to have no idea because 
we tell people when they come in, there's a five and one like distemper, sure. par influenza, parvo. Okay, whatever. Just give me the shot. Just give me the shot. Yeah, and, and they so don't they think about it. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like that, you know. Right. And you kind of get lulled into. Well, you know, we kind of got it all figured out, right? Yeah. We got the shots. We got you know rabies dealt with. We got this dealt with. Yeah. There's always yeah. something. Mother Nature's too good. Yeah. You know, when my dog gets sick, I'll bring him in, and he, you know, they they know what they know what's up, and they'll they'll know what to go on with. But it was very surprising to read about uh, that they just don't really know what's going on. And uh, sometimes they were treating the dogs and they weren't responding to treatment. Right. Probably because it was, uh, you know, maybe they gave them antibacterials and it's a virus. Right. Which wouldn't do anything. Well, people ask all the time. They want a definitive answer. And it's frustrating at times where we, we don't know. Right. And so it just uh, it makes it's, it difficult very, all the is, way around. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. This thought just came to my mind. People will go and demand antibacterial uh, treatment when they're sick, even though they might have a virus. Uh, it's one of those things that doctors get frustrated with. Do that happen with the pets? They go, well, my, do- my dog is sick. Give me something. Oh, yeah. well, we think it's a virus. Well, just give me whatever. Give me whatever. Well, first of all, I just want everybody to know that I'm just a wimp when it comes to that. I usually <laughs> will dispense the- I usually get- do. Um, <laughs> Because it's like my mother-in-law, she has all kinds of urinary infections, and every time she has to go in and give a urinalysis, mm-hmm. you know, why couldn't she just get the antibiotics? If I do have a pet that's had intermittent vomiting or maybe urinary issues or something like that, why why not? Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So so I we do get that fair amount, and some people probably take advantage of it. You know, I, my pet has an eye discharge. Well, there's a lot of things that can cause it, but they're perceiving that it's an eye infection. Okay. And so they want something. And right. and maybe if I know the client, you know, maybe it's different. But, yes, I, you know, this is my confession time if it's okay with sure, you. Sure, <laughs> you know, This isn't an advertisement <laughs> for to come ask Dr. Lang for every little, yeah, please, uh, every gonna call little prescription. <laughs> but, it, you know, it is something that is, it just crossed my mind. I thought, you know, I've always heard that with doctors. They say they don't like people coming in and demanding something that they know isn't going to actually treat it. Uh but I guess I've also heard that sometimes they give it out anyway, so then the right. person feels better about it. Uh, not that they'll feel better from the drugs, uh, but they'll feel better about it. Right. Maybe that can can make things a little bit better. I always wish we had a conference with the human doctors and the veterinarians, but I bet a lot of stories would be similar. Oh, sure. You know, type yeah. things that we could all relate to it. So. Uh, all right, we'll take our first break here. Animal talk on the Big Five Fifty KTRS coming to you uh, at an evening time slot rather than our normal. 2 p.m. time slot, uh, a little bit later tonight, but we're still coming at you for another half hour. We'll take our first break here, Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Time to play Word Association. Are you ready? Yep. See our Frank popcorn. Oh, uh, gourmet popcorn, tins made to order, caramel corn made with real butter, hand-packed and uh, guaranteed fresh. Good. Now try while eating some CR Frank popcorn. Mmm. Is this a Chicago style? Yes, a sweet and salty blend of caramel and cheese. And their popcorn tins are unique. Oh, my turn for the popcorn. Mmm, mmm, CR Frank popcorn. Fun Foods popcorn machines for home theaters. Mmm, CR Frank popcorn. 5757 North Lindbergh and Hazelwood. Go to crfrankpopcorn.com. Look gift of good taste. This December, show a little love at a very special place to some very special kids. On December 4th and December 18th, all of St. Louis will gather outside SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital to light up Glennon, sing carols, and shine your flashlights toward patient rooms. Presented on KTRS by Perficient, the global digital consultancy transforming the world's biggest brands. Light up Glennon, December 4th and December 18th 
SSM Health, Cardinal Glennon, the Big 550 KTRS and Proficient, along with the Grout Medic, Appliance Discounters, St. Louis Cardinals, the Pitch Athletic Club and Tavern, Mamas on the Hill, Metro Lighting, Amarin, Lori Shoes, Altair Travel and Cruises, and Outdoor Living Inc. are proud to present Light Up Glennon on KTRS. Be sure to visit Glennon.org and give hope to a child this Christmas by clicking the Give button to make a donation that will help support the important work that SSM Health Cardinal Glennon provides in changing lives. Exergen thermometers are clinically proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. Exergen is fast, non-invasive, and accurate. Find Exergen thermometers for your home at Walgreens and other participating retailers. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com. Three little words no parent wants to hear. My tummy hurts. And it always seems to happen at the worst times. Like in the middle of the morning rush, when you still have homework to check and lunches to pack, and of course, you're already late for work. Luckily, there's Pepto Kids. New Pepto Kids gummies helps relieve occasional stomach upsets, turning those three words into these three words. I feel better. Bad time for stomach upsets? Good time for new Pepto Kids gummies. Fast support for little tummies. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Dell's Cyber Monday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13. Engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra sharp monitors and top brand accessories it's the perfect time to upgrade any home business or gaming setup powered by intel core processors shop now at dell.com slash deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping again that's dell.com slash deals what if i told you that with one click to wholesale signing depot that's WSDepot.com. You can view the best selection of windows, doors, siding, and decking products that are durable, up-to-date, and energy-saving that will increase your home's value and comfort. All at wholesale pricing to save your hard-earned money. My grandson Elijah says, Are you kidding me? My name is Julius Krusanik, celebrating 51 years in this industry. Our local and family business is Wholesale Siding Depot. Please visit our website at wsdepot.com. That's wsdepot.com. For name brand windows from Anderson and Viwinko, CertainTeed Composite and Vinyl Siding, Pro-V and Masonite Doors, Decking from Azac, Envision, Fortress, and Trex. We also offer a free contractor referral service to take care of your installation needs. Keep it local and professional. Please visit wsdepot.com. That's wsdepot.com. In the year of the cat. Dr. Dan Lang wants to talk domestic animals with you. This is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS with Dr. Dan Lang. I'm Connor McCarthy. A little bit later than we are on normally, Dr. Lang. I hope you uh, got the nap in early, got the chores done. Uh, I did. I was prepared. <laughs> I don't think the, you know, oh, I'll do that after the show. <laughs> you know, I'll come back after. Th- I don't think that probably The animals don't allow that. No. Yeah, that it was bad enough at daylight savings time when we were an hour behind oh, yeah. the following morning. You know, I was it, was, getting, it was terrible. I was so. meaning to ask you that at the time, and for some <laughs> no, reason I didn't. It was not good. Animals don't follow our clocks when we go. They do not. When we stop. And I tried to explain everything to them. I said, I have no control. It's a government issue. <laughs> but So with this change, following back. Does that mean they get up? or What's the problem with falling back with the animals? Well, I think we, we do chores at 6, and I think it was actually 
7 o'clock when we got out to the barn okay. that particular morning, Saturday night or Saturday early Sunday morning with the daylight savings time. And so an hour behind is not good. They have some internal biologic clocks. They know exactly, and if they're not prepared with the food at that time. Uh, well, okay, so you're an animal expert, in my opinion, <laughs> a vet. You own all these animals, uh, including peacocks, which yep. I learned about when you talked about them with uh, John Carney and Julie Buck. Uh what time, like what time, daylight savings or standard, do you think animals more adhere to? What is the true time, as it were? I don't know if I can figure it on air, but the more <laughs> daylight we have at night, that's what they want. That's what that's they, what that's what they yep. like. So they, they don't like standard time then. That kind of shifts it so that it's that's correct. more daylight You're in exactly the morning. You're exactly right. Yeah. No, they, they want the late nights. Okay. Especially the chickens. They gives them more time to eat and that type of thing. So That's no, this this is this time of year is terrible for the for I the think, birds especially. I think we should send that into uh Congress. They're trying to figure out which that's the fight, you know, they don't know which time yep. should that be. That could be the clincher. That could be that enough. Sh- to, I think to we should make them listen decide. to the animals, right? <laughs> uh we they Indeed. don't listen to us, but we <laughs> should we should listen to them, yep. right? Uh, Indeed. We're doing our best there. Uh all right. You said before the show you had a uh, point of interest talking about uh, eating and diet with the pets, Dr. Lang. Is that right? Well, it's more almost every day somebody will call or come in and their pet's not eating. Mm-hmm. And so the dilemma is, well, what's causing it? Or did, can we give people some solutions? And so I kind of wanted to give them ideas what may be affecting the appetite and what things they could do to maybe help get the pet to eat. Because if there is some kind of illness or problem, nutrition is really important. Just like for you and I, if you have the flu, some kind of infection going on, the the better you're eating nutrition, the quicker you'll fight off the organism. So when someone comes in and tells you, you know, my, my dog won't eat, my cat won't eat, what do you tell them to do? Well, first of all, I just try to get a good history. If I have a house, and again, this is, I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. But if you have a lot of animals in your house, <laughs> but if, if you do have like three or four cats, have a couple dogs, again, as I've mentioned quite a bit before, cats are very solitary creatures, and often the anxiety of these other cats or even dogs may well, be enough yeah. to affect their appetite, especially if they're newly in, new in the house and before they were pretty much by themselves. It, you know, we don't understand or empathize, but there's often quite a bit of stress or anxiety mentioned by it. And my favorite is that a lot of times people have a little cubbyhole area. They put the litter box and the food bowl right next to each other. Sure. And my analogy is, would you like to eat in the bathroom <laughs> when it's just recently been used or something like right. that? Of course not. And right. and so yeah. cats refuse to eat. And, you know, it's sometimes as simple as that. I will ask a cat owner, can you give me the geographic idea of where the litter box is and the, the food and water bowls? And sometimes it can be that simple. <laughs> it can be that easy. Right. Uh, let me ask you, can you ruin a pet's appetite, I guess is that the word, by giving out too many treats? Uh, of that's course. what I've been yelled at before yes. when I was a kid. Don't give out, don't give the dog any treats. It won't want to eat dinner. Uh, is that real? Because you know, It what, is. They're still hungry, but yeah. it's more from the nutritional point of view. It's not that they're not going to eat. Okay. It hasn't spoiled their appetite, but most of the treats are just kind of junk food. And it's not the best. Because I remember when my mom would tell, don't snack. We're 
dinner's in two hours. Right. And I'm like, well, right. I'm still going to want to eat dinner in two hours. So, you know, I, I said the same thing, so I'm glad to hear another I guy say a, that. If I have a handful of <laughs> chips, I'm, I'm still going to want to eat dinner in two hours. It's so. just the nutritional point yeah. of view. It's so not, my uh, mind was, well, the dog can have a treat. It's going to eat in a little bit, so he'll still want to eat. And probably the calories, too, that if the pet's leaning toward being overweight, you have a 10-pound dog or a cat and you give it 10 treats, that's a lot of calories lot of for an calories. animal that that's small. But a lot of times we treat our animal treat-wise like we would ourselves, and there's a vast difference so, uh, in that. So dogs and cats are a lot smaller than we are, and they are you know, different species than we yep. are, and everything about them is different, really. Uh, and I've never even thought of this. What? How, how many calories should they be eating? I think people know how many calories people should be eating. But how many calories should uh, – and I know it's going to be different because some right. dogs are you know, 200 pounds, some yep. dogs are 5 pounds. But uh, about the average dog, I mean, I would say a 10-pound dog because for some reason in the back of my brain, I remember getting some of these numbers together for people that had cats that were overweight. And I think most cats, two to 300 calories a day okay. is what you'd want to do. And, of course, for a – 150-pound Great Dane or something, you'd probably get close to 1,500 calories, something of that be sort. Like a person. I right. mean, they're about, they weigh about the same right. as a exactly. person, right? So. And just kind of interpolate in between. I'd, I go more for if there's a way of weighing the pet, because if you see it every day, unless there's a drastic change, you're not going to appreciate losing weight or putting on weight. And so somehow if you could get weigh the pet periodically, that's the best way to know, am I on the right, if I'm trying to get weight off, am I on the right track, or are we starting to inch up weight-wise and before it becomes obese, let's, you know, do something. Do they like getting on the scale in your experience? No, because that... <laughs> usually at the animal hospital, the scale means more stuff is to come. Oh, right. So maybe we should weigh them after, but, of course, we can't, if we need to get drugs together, yeah. we, we, have, we need a body you, weight. Or if they're really weight. sick, we need to wait right away. But uh, I think a lot of it's just they, they are smart enough to know that uh, the scale is just the first step. Uh, we mentioned at the start that they might be stressed out from living with new animals in the right. household. right. Uh, I always like seeing those things on social media. You know, it's like a big dog and a cat, and they're friends, and they're they're sleeping sure. together, and they seem to be friendly. And I've always wondered how realistic that is. Yep. You know, is this big Rottweiler really like palling around with this little cat? Uh, does this happen, or is this you know once in a lifetime kind of thing? I think sometimes it is an exception, but I have a little Karen Terrier Frankie. And when he was a puppy, he got to meet the potbelly pigs, the peacocks, the mule, and the horse. And they, and, all, they and, all like and, him. And he just gets used to, you know, he just expects everybody has peacocks at their house. Well, sure. don't, don't most people do? I mean, I maybe I, I don't. I, maybe they should. I don't, I don't know. How, how uh, worthwhile is the, are the peacocks? And, but we've kind of talked to socialization before, and I think if you have a young animal, it's, it's mm-hmm. more likely that they are going to get along to, together with each other. And again, they all have a variety of personalities. If I have some very anxious dog or anxious cat, they're probably not going to cut yeah. it. And, you know, they're going to be stressed all the time with other animals. And then maybe it needs to go with that little old lady or little old man where there's a lot less interactions going on. You have yeah. one animal, one person, and it fits both the people and the animal in that case. Now, dogs and cats are, you know, they were portrayed as adversaries, but they're both mammals, both fairly similar animals. I mean, but I, do you ever see, you know, oh, what's, does the peacock, the pe- why is the peacock getting along with the dog, you know? What about, yeah. oh, there's a lizard, and a lizard and a cat are hanging out and having, a, you know, a good time. Is that, what I was doing on the that, research, is that real? Does that happen? It it can, because uh, let's say you have a, a 
ferret or maybe a guinea pig, again, these pocket pets, and they see this cat or dog, well, the small mammals are actually prey, and the cat and dog are predators. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been inbred in this little rat or this little, as much as I love them, in the rat or gerbil or hamster, I think it causes a lot of stress and anxiety to the rodents when you have a cat or dog because they have this predator is staring at them. They don't know that the... You know, the cat or dog may come up and just probably just sniff them, doesn't give a care, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, the not, prey doesn't, doesn't know, know that. Know and I just think them. it's not very good for their well-being in many cases to have a cat or dog in close contact with a, a pocket pet okay. just because of that. And then the article I read, they talked about lizards, and we just don't know, do, do lizards have that predatory instinct? I, you know, nobody really knows yeah. on that. And then they're they, an enigma, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, their nervous systems maybe not as act as complex as the mammals, but maybe they do have some issues with with that as well. And the birds are are kind of the same thing, you know, a cat and a bird. Maybe I watched too many cartoons when I was growing up. I don't but, think they. I, I, my <laughs> intuition would be that they don't they don't like each other. Right. Right. But uh, I think uh, I've seen it before, but I never know how common they are. You know, you see it on social. You, what what can you know on the internet? You and like everything. the big birds, I mean, they're be- having. I can tell you from experience, the big birds have some pretty strong beaks, <laughs> and they can really cause a lot of injury because the dog or cat will go up and sniff it, and, and all of a sudden that beak is out. right on on their nose. And I have seen a few injuries, you know, from that kind of interaction. Yeah. So I just think that people have to be very careful. Again, me of all people telling people, but most of our pets are outside and somewhat at a distance from each other. So, so. how often do the dogs and cats interact with the peacocks? That's the question. I think they just ignore it. Everybody they ignores give, everybody they, else. They give them their yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, we'll take another break here. Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. We'll be back in a minute. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working again no more. How did I take here with your career? Find a new one right now by tapping the KTRS app on your smartphone. Full-time and part-time opportunities are now listed. From electricians to engineers, healthcare to financial, the food industry, and more. And more. Tell your boss to shove it and tap the KTRS app. Good luck with your new career from the Big 550 KTRS. I'm Jennifer Blome, and like a lot of you, I have anxiety about going to the dentist. I was so happy when I found Baldwin Dental Care. Dr. Kimberly Simons is the owner, and she and her staff understand what it's like to be a patient. There's a new patient special right now, a comprehensive exam, a cleaning, four x-rays, and an oral cancer screening for $99 or a $100 credit on your account. Baldwin Dental Care in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods Store on Manchester Road. Just Google Baldwin Dental Care and tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. Hey, it's John Carney, and I don't want to scare you, and we're still a little way away from Christmas and all. But you know, that time of year, Santa comes rolling over to the house, lands on the chimney, and comes down with lots of gifts. Of course, if he lands on your chimney and he falls through the roof, I I bet he's not going to leave you anything except for a card of his attorney. So it might be a good idea. Make sure your roof's in tip-top shape. And if it's not about Santa, it's about everything that's under that roof. You, your family, your stuff. You know what? Allen Roofing's been taking care of all of those things, probably even for Santa as well. I don't know if they go to the North Pole. But they go lots of places, including your neighborhood. Make sure your roof is safe and sound and your people as well. Siding. 
chalk pointing, everything outside, they will do your homework. Find them online at aroofing.net. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, it's Amanda, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A nugget trays is that they're so easy for the holidays. They're warm and flavorful. It's always the crowd pleaser. When I put down a nugget tray, everyone is happy. Hey, this is Brian, and the little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A nugget trays is the joy that it brings to me and everybody around me during the holidays. They're warm, juicy, and delicious. Cater the holidays with Chick-fil-A today. Available on the Chick-fil-A app. Real guests paid for their testimonials. Some intimate parts need the gentle, easy trim of a Gillette trimmer. And some need the closeness and comfort of a Gillette Intimate Razor. While others need a Gillette Anti-Chafe Stick. (sighs) Gillette Intimate. The best a man can get down there. Buy now. We search the globe for the world's best furniture, and what I've found is some of the best quality is made right here in the USA. With superior construction, durable fabrics, and custom comfort options, Miller Furniture is proud to bring the largest selection of American-made furniture to the St. Louis area. Whether it's Smith Brothers in Burn, Indiana, or Oakwood Industries in Memphis, Missouri, our suppliers are family-owned and operated, too. You'll see a variety of styles in stock and custom order options at any of our three locations, including our newest showroom in Ellisville on Manchester Road. Let's get back to information about dogs, cats, even furry hamsters or gerbils. This is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS, the Animal Talk of St. Louis. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. I'm Connor McCarthy with Dr. Dan Lang, wrapping up the show, getting out of here before Sunday night football because, of course, you got to do that. Uh, and normally, we have plenty of time, Dr. Lang, right? I mean, I'm going to have to rush home. You're going to have to rush home. Yep. Uh, we only have a couple minutes here before we wrap the show up completely. But you, we were talking a little bit about getting uh, pets to eat and if they can reasons why they wouldn't be eating. But if they aren't eating, how can we entice them to maybe eat what we need them to eat? Well, a lot of times people will call me and they just want to try something at home before they have to bring the pet in. And so this often pertains just to cats, but a lot of times cats will prefer canned food. It has more water, protein, and fat in there, and if you warm it up, it just, because of the smell of it, it's much more tasty. A lot of times the the kibble is in the cat bowl, and it just, if they're off a little bit, that probably isn't going to be as palatable. Or sometimes I'll have people add a little bit of tuna fish, tuna fish juice, chicken broth, something like that, just kind of spice kind of it up a little give bit. Give them what they want. Right. Because in this case, we're not worried about the nutrition, the yeah, the nutrition, having all the right vitamins. We just want to get some calories into them. And so short term, I mean, the canned food is fine, but, you know, adding the tuna fish or chicken broth is maybe not the best long term, but it's just an attempt to get the, the pets to eat. Because a lot of the animals or kittens, they learn certain things that they, they want, either the canned food or dry food or the shape of it. They seem to get used to a certain kind because I've had older cats. I told people because I like to have pets get more water that they won't eat the canned food if they're older because they weren't offered oh, it. They're not used to it. Right, exactly. It's interesting. So I and I didn't really ever realize that till recent years that that was the the case. And so another reason for a cat, you get a new kitten, introducing the canned food, a variety of dry foods, just so they get used to the different types. So once they're older, they'll be more accepting of the different types. So that's for cats. For dogs, is it just giving them the treats? No, you, we've talked about how dogs are less picky in general, right? 
a lot of times I may have a dog coming in vomiting or diarrhea or, or, or calling or just not eating because they're nauseous, then I'll tell people may try the old hamburger rice, warm it up a little bit, oatmeal, cottage cheese, just something really bland. Mm-hmm. And, again, being table food, off their tail starts wagging. Sure. Again, long-term, right. not the best dogs thing to do. Dogs are not as picky right. as cats, right? right. We all, we all or you could those. even do canned food in dogs. Generally, I like the dry kibble, but if you get some cheap canned food, so to speak, that really smells, that often appeals to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned with the cats that maybe – the canned food long term isn't the best option, but I'm sure I know people, and I'm sure you've seen people that that's all they give their cats is canned food. I, Connor, I didn't state it very well. I think the canned food is, if it's a a good okay type of canned food, I think it's fine because it, there is more water into it. I just think adding the tuna fish juice or okay, there are some problems if you just give just tuna to a cat long term. That's or. Or just chicken alone, and so sure. I didn't explain myself. But well, I just wanted the, to make sure yep. that we nope. weren't getting. Something I'm glad you asked because that... I probably confused other people. The canned food, a good brand, is yeah. perfectly fine. I'd hate to have people here and go. Should I not be given the canned, canned food? <laughs> well, I, would... I appreciate you catching me when I'm not communicating very well. The so. canned food for eight years, I yep. think. You know, now I got to do tuna fish or something like. No, that's yeah. got it all backwards for you. Um, so getting them to eat, what you know. You mentioned that you just want the calories. Is there some specific problem that you run into most often where you want that to be the case? Just we got to get the pet to eat. You know, we're not getting. He's not eating. We got to get him to eat. Is there? Does that happen very often? It's it's quite often because you know maybe different causes. Maybe there's the, a medication the pet's on, another medication is on. It's affecting its appetite. A lot of pets, that's a sign of pain, not eating. Very okay. subtle. But that can be the case. Or, there, you know, like people, there's a multitude of diseases. So your pet may need to work up of some sort to find out what's going on. But if you feel like the pet is stable otherwise, I want to have you try these things. And we do have certain medications that are actually appetite stimulants. They oh. actually help stimulate the appetite if the canned food or the warmed-up food is, is not enough. And does it ever raise to the level where you got to bring the pet in? You know, he hasn't eaten in... How many days? Right. If it's been three, five, I mean, with cats, they'll develop what we call a fatty liver in two to five days. If they don't get food at all, they will actually get fatty deposits in their liver, and they can die from that. So cats, you have to be very, very aggressive. Dogs, you could probably go five to seven days. But if at that point what you've tried isn't working, we even sometimes will put a tube in there. I put nasal tubes in just like you see on TV through the nostril into the stomach. And sometimes I'll sedate them and put a tube into their esophagus. So there's other options as well. A lot out there, and there's a lot more to talk about because we already ran out of time, Dr. Lang. We'll be back again next week, I believe, at the regular time as your basketball plays on a Saturday. So we'll be on at the regular And I'm going to talk time. to the sports people in the meantime. <laughs> They're going to, yeah, we're going to move the game next time. We're going to be back next week at 2 o'clock. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Annual Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.